It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, March 23rd, and you're listening to episode 408. Today, I am joined by a person who's been on the show once before, reluctantly, and once again is reluctantly on the show with me. That is my wife, Stephanie. Hi, honey. Hi, dear. So it's been a hell of a week. Right? Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been an interesting time in the last uh, week in the world and uh, in uh, in the Slingerland household as well, uh, as we adjust to everyone working from home, uh, including our children working from home. So that's a thing. Uh, we live in Michigan, and uh, they close down all their schools and uh, all our universities and some other stuff. So. Yeah, most yeah. businesses, restaurants are closed unless you're doing takeout. Today they just closed the um, like salons and hairstyles, stylists. They closed and all those. down the hairstyles. <laughs> they did. No more no. hairstyles. Well, I know I've given up my hairstyling <laughs> in this time, so perhaps others have too. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, we were just joke, joking. You and uh, Josiah and I got haircuts on Saturday, uh, not last Saturday, the Saturday before. Uh, and we're glad we did because now they've closed down all the personal care places like that. So, yeah, um, that would have been rough with the haircuts. I mean, first world problems, right? We would have had some really ugly haircuts because our son he, Josiah, uh, as I've talked about on the show, I think before, he goes through Normal Kid, Matchbox 20, Luke Skywalker, and then just kind of kind of shaggy. a nightmare. Shaggy. Yes. He looks like Shaggy. Yeah, he does. And then Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Um, yeah. So glad we got that taken care of. The important stuff, you know. Um, so, huh, well, I decided to have you on the show. I actually asked if you would come on the show. Um, because, uh, you work for a fortune 500 company, uh, where your mission is, is around helping people in food security. Correct. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Our primary, um, corporate social responsibility platform, as we call it, meaning how we give back to our communities is around food security and hunger relief. Right, right. So, and you, uh, do the philanthropy stuff there. Yes. To speak technically. <laughs> Yeah, so basically in my role, I oversee all of our corporate giving activities. Awesome. And the reason the reason uh, I wanted to have you on the show was, one, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, as an aside, we're going to talk about what we're doing to keep our family from going crazy. Uh, but two, we're really going to talk about... Um, you know, what it's, uh, what we might be able to do to help. You've been crazy busy this last week trying yes. to get things in order. Helping kids being out of school is a real problem. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, first we're going to talk about some fun stuff and then we're going to talk about that. We're going to kind of focus on what people can be doing to help. Uh, and I think this is an important discussion to have right now, which is why I asked you on the show. Um, side note for the show, uh, we've been very fortunate that we've switched mostly to the model of recording at a distance anyways uh with nicole and julio so now jason and i katarski will actually be doing that as well instead of him coming to the studio 
um, to properly socially distance. Uh, but the show is at least is set up to do that. Uh, so it hasn't really made much of a difference for recording. Uh, it's kind of nice to sit across from someone and record knowing that it's going to be a while before that happens again. <laughs> Yeah, so I have been seeing more posts talking about physical distancing as opposed to social distancing. Yes. Which I actually appreciate that distinction because um, especially during this time when we are actually physically distanced from many people, it's important than ever that we're staying connected to to one another. So obviously we can't do that um, as readily in person, but... Uh, FaceTiming, Skyping, any other sort of virtual means through which you can actually see other people's faces. You know, we've, I've been hearing about doing virtual coffees, uh, teams doing virtual happy hours, all of those kinds of things. I think it's it's more important than ever that we're doing those things so we don't feel so isolated from one another. I'm also curious to think what impact this could have after this is all said and done, um, where we've become so... As a, as a society tied to our phones and, um, you know, will this change? Obviously, um, we might have to be careful how quickly we can all be physically around one another again. But when we can, will this give us a new perspective on how much time we actually do spend on our phones and virtually versus how much we should be spending time face to face with one another? Will this give us a new sense of connection to one another in some capacity? Yeah, it seems like the people, you know, us phone addicted people, we have won, right? Like we, we, you know, you've chastised us for years. People are oh, on their phones, blah, blah, blah. Turns out might actually be the best decision we ever made. It's probably not true. but Well, at least in this time, yes, that is true. Um, but I think we're all, I, I, it'll just be really interesting to see how this impacts um, so many things and how we do business to how we interact with one another. I think one, it's showing that we're more capable of doing things virtually than um, we probably thought we were. And in some cases, you know, more things may be able to be done virtually. Um, but I think this will definitely demonstrate the importance of social interaction with with one another um, and despite all the things that we can do virtually there's just some things that are better done in person if you can yep no I agree I agree it, it's been interesting to see the businesses that can they can spin so fast right um, I called our c- credit union which is as credit unions go for our area it's one of the biggest ones but it's not a huge credit union by any means and uh it has um, it's been really cool to see that they're all virtual now. Like I, um, the girl I was talking to was helping me out. She was talking about working from home. She's like, "Oh, sorry, the the buttons are different because I'm on my home computer." And I was like, "Oh gosh, you guys are working from home already? That's insane!" Because they're so small, but they've already pivoted to that so quickly, and um, and that's great because it, for one, that's keeping those people in their jobs, right? Because mm-hmm. that's obviously a big issue we're seeing right now with. Um, especially care workers and people who are um, constantly out there uh, trying to help others, but you know, physically doing things, they can't do those jobs right now, um, either because people won't have them or because you know um, those places are just closed. Um, so it's it's been cool to see people pivoting to do those things so quickly and so successfully. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about where we're at as a family and what we're kind of doing during the day to stay sane. Um, 
you uh, saw someone, I believe, on Facebook post a schedule they were using for schooling for their kids. Uh, and you kind of adapted that. And uh, we've got a big uh, sliding door that goes to our screen in back porch. And uh, you put it up there with stars. And every day the kids can move the stars to cover the activities that they're going to do. And some of them are fun activities like playtime. And others are schoolwork. And um, we do what? We do schoolwork, computer work, uh, playtime, quiet activity, reading, which we historically just do at night uh, before bed. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Did you say computer? I did say computer. Yeah, I've got five. Schoolwork. Schoolwork, computer. Exercise. Exercise. Yes, exercise to make sure the kids are getting out, doing something. And uh, because, yeah, because that's important to get them moving and doing something. And so we you know, we either try and go for a walk, get her out. You know, we have a nice neighborhood we can walk in, which has been really nice to have. Right yeah, we're now. lucky we live where we live. And I feel for any of the listeners who are in more urban areas than what we are, who don't have the luxury of having a yard that they can go out and Uh, walk around and be outside in we can walk around our neighborhood and still be safely physically distancing ourselves from other people right um so that's that's tough for people who are not in a situation like us but yes we are uh very lucky that we're in a place where we can get outside um hopefully the weather cooperates a little bit more in that department but um and you know we can get out and go for a drive and stuff we're not actually going anywhere except just driving around but it's still something that gets us out of the house yeah speaking of out of the house we really gosh so i'm the last person who have gone out of the house i've went to the store twice and we stocked up a bit i want to be clear we were not like pandemic panic like buying tons of toilet paper and stuff um we basically just went and stocked up on things uh that that we knew there would be extras of um i made i made it a point to not buy the last of anything because i didn't want to be that person i i made one exception i bought the last jug of heavy whipping cream because i figured people could live without that uh and we needed some alfredo sauce and i'm not i have no regrets there no regrets at all (laughs) it was really tasty um, but I haven't been out. We haven't been out physically in. I haven't been out in several days. Um, and I'm, you know, when I go out, I'm taking reasonable precautions because I don't want to uh, be, you know, I don't want to get the virus, but I also don't want to be the cause of the spread of the virus either. Uh, we've been very fortunate too that our county right now in Michigan, where we've had, gosh, we're up to like seven. By the time this airs, I bet we'll be at 800 cases or more. Um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Kalamazoo County has still had zero. By the time you're listening to this, I wouldn't be surprised if we've had one or two. Um, and let's be honest, we probably had some cases. They just haven't shown up yet. Um, but yeah, it was, I guess it felt kind of comforting to like have that number be zero, <laughs> even if it's even if it's BS, right? Um, just to see that number at zero feels somehow you feel more safe, I guess. Yeah, maybe that's crazy. Um, but so the other things we've been doing is we've been trying to engage the kids in some activities that keep them separated, if at all possible. Um, we've been trying to do different things with them. Uh, we got Minecraft on the switch for the kids. Josiah's really been into that. Uh, Laurel's into it, just not as much. She's a little younger. Um, I got animal crossing on the switch and they love that. So we've been playing that. I've been playing that like anytime I've got downtime, I've been trying to play that and just kind of focus on something that's not, you know, everything happening. Um, and the kids have really enjoyed that too. So 
yeah, and that also has been a way for me to connect with some friends uh, at a distance. You know, I can't physically connect with them, but I've been able to connect with them in that way, and that's been pretty cool. How about you? How's it working for you? I know you're, like I said, you're working a lot. Um, you're used to being in the office every day, um, but now you are at a distance. Is that how has that felt for you, difference wise? Um, you know, I I am in the office quite a bit, but I'm also on the road or working. I have you know worked from home quite a few times too. So um, so far, it it's hasn't been. Um, a, a huge adjustment other than the fact that everyone is at home with me all the time. <laughs> yeah, normally right? the kids are at school. Um, but um, yeah, so I think what'll be hard is just, I think the hardest thing for me is just not knowing how long this is going to go on. Um, you know, I am a planner by nature and not just like planning what I'm doing today, but planning what I'm doing 30, 60, 90 days from now, both personally and professionally. And there's not a lot of doing that right now. And so that's, that's what's hard for me. Um, And, um, you know, I think after a couple of weeks, it will be hard not being together with my coworkers and some of my friends. So that's where those things like the virtual coffees and making sure that you're using video conferencing and, and those kinds of things can hopefully help with some of that, but I think this last week has just been so crazy as we adjust to this new normal. And, you know, as you said earlier, um, my work is around helping hungry people um, uh, get access to the food that they need through my uh, work at my company. And so that's obviously one of the most critical needs in our communities right now. So there's been a lot of work both here in the U.S. and around the globe of how we've been working together as a team to figure out what our role in helping to support our communities um, can be. So it's been a very busy time. And uh, I think, you know, it's hard because I know that that's putting a lot more onus on you to keep the kids busy and occupied during the day. Um, And I know that can be challenging. So um, that's just kind of some of the things that I've been struggling a little bit over the last week. Yeah, no, that's for certain. It's been great, though, having you here, even if you're stuck in your office downstairs. Um, But the uh, yeah, I, I was very happy that I had some enormous opportunity deadlines um, that I had to hit in the last um, week. What what it was the week before? It was that Monday before everything hit the fan that they were due and I was able to get everything turned in um, before this happened because my work, my ability to work has been diminished greatly because I primarily worked either out of our house uh, by myself during the day, just, just me and our dog, Quimby, the sausage as we call him. Because uh, he's he's very overweight, um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> that's beside the point. Uh, so yeah, or at a coffee shop. Coffee shops aren't allowed right now, and uh, yeah, so so it's been hard getting stuff done. It's going to be a challenge next week because I've got more things coming, trying to get some things done and get some things taken care of. But um, but one of the things you mentioned that's so that's so hard to get our heads around is we know that there's a new normal, and we know that this is not the new normal, that the new normal will be some hybrid of the past and what we're doing right now, but we don't know what that is. And, you know, 
um, current projections or we're going to be doing a lot of this stuff on and off for at least minimum the next 18 months. Um, and that's hard, right? Um, just from a standpoint of, you know, selfishly thinking of things like the fact that our summer vacation will not be what we thought it was going to be. And the fact that, you know, I, we're betting the kids schools very well, just maybe done for the year. They're telling us they're going back in four weeks. I don't know that anyone actually believes that that'll happen. Um, and so that's just been a lot to get our heads around. Um, our kids are troopers though. They've been doing a really good job with it. Like I've been really impressed um, I think the thing they've struggled most with is that there's just a lot of togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad that they're missing their their friends and they're away from one another time a little bit, which is why, you know, we've been trying to do and probably can do more of, you know, separating them into doing activities. Right. right. Um, but I think the key in all of it is just being flexible. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, you mentioned the sort of schedule of activities we have every day. Um, they're not necessarily scheduled in Correct. the time in which we have to do all of them. It's just something that we do every day. So we sort of can bring some sense of routine to the kids uh, because their routine has all changed right, now. Right. Um, but we also know that we have to be flexible based on what I might have going on for work or what you might have be having going on for work. So I think that's just sort of the name of the game that we we have to get used to. And I think we'll all have to get used to, as you said, as we fig- figure out what the next few months and year look like. Um, it's just going to have to be being flexible. Um, and, you know, I am trying to see silver lining in all of it. Um I think that there's obviously going to be changes to um, our society coming out of all of this, but I'm hopeful that it means that there are changes for the better. Um, You know, if you think about the stories that we've been reading um, from China and from Italy about the cleaner air and the cleaner water that we're seeing because people haven't been out and about so much. Um, what lessons can we learn from that going forward and how we can be better stewards of our planet? Um, you know, now I don't want to get political in any way, but clearly this is demonstrating the um, challenges that we have in terms of our infrastructure, whether it's healthcare right. or safety net for lower income Americans. Um, that, uh, you know, what can we do differently going forward? Um, and having so many people thrust into this unknown, hopefully this will help create a groundswell of positive change for our society going forward. But I also think that there's something to be said for the sense of unity that I hope this creates as well. Um, you know, if you think about how divisive things have been for for a while now, um, you know, if you think about the last big thing that um, really rocked this country in terms of 9-11 and sort of some of the sense of unity that brought about after that, um, certainly there was some divisiveness that it still created um, um, in some cases, but Generally speaking, you know, people were like, you know, we're in this together. And, you know, you're seeing that, you know, a bit out of this situation, too. You know, we're in this together. And so I'm trying to stay focused on positive things that can come out of all of this, knowing it's not going to be 
certainly in the near term, but hopefully in the long term, we can see some real positive change coming out of all of this. Yeah, no, and I think that is the big silver lining. One of the things that's been amazing is how people have come together for the kids, right? Um, There is no lack of things for me to show the kids online from awesome people that are, Mo Willems is one of the ones, he does the pigeon books, and he just started doing this lunchtime doodle every day for like 30 minutes, where he just hangs out and he's hilarious. Like, I actually enjoy listening to it while the kids draw with him, and that is one of probably a hundred people that have really stepped out and done this, right? Um, St. Patrick's Day, the Dropkick Murphys, uh, who always have a huge show, uh, the band, they played in an empty club (laughs) and live streamed it across the world so that people could celebrate St. Patrick's Day from home. And well, that's just one silly little thing. It shows how we're adapting to come together, right? Yeah. To try and spread some happiness. Um, Yeah, Garth Brooks is doing a concert. Oh, really? Um, yeah, there's major celebrities are, you know, streaming concerts and them performing. And yep. um, yeah, so I think it's it's great to see all of these um, things. You know, the um, the zoos are doing their live streams. You know, we got yeah. to see Fiona the hippo at the fun, Cincinnati actually. Zoo. Really we got to see the penguins walking around Shedd Aquarium. Um, so yeah, so it, it, that's great. And um so awesome to see how people are coming together and helping us all stay sane during this time. Right. And I think one of the benefits of this happening now and not say 15 years ago or something is that we are technologically in a connection position way better than we ever have been. Um, Yes. You mentioned infrastructure, healthcare. That's terrible. We're proving how terrible it is. We're proving how much better other countries have it together. Some other countries, some other countries, obviously not. But, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, blast a hole in these problems and hopefully they will get these problems addressed, right? Um, because because we have to, right? And that's one of the things that happens, you know, um, an airplane crashes or a bridge collapses and suddenly we start looking at, whoa, why are these bridges collapsing? This one bridge collapsed. Oh, because it was out of maintenance because we didn't do this thing, Right. Uh, so we start to look at that, right? And we start to pay more attention to that. And um, I think this is indicative of that, right? Of this, this is the canary in the coal mine, except for unfortunately, it, the coal mine is the world and the canary is a lot of people. And that's, um, you know, it could be worse, right? This could absolutely be worse. Um, it doesn't always feel like that, though, uh, because it's big and scary, right? Um Yeah, and I find myself, I have to limit what I read. Yes, yes. You you can go too far down a rabbit hole um, reading about all this, and I've had to really step back in how much I read. Yes, I mean, it's important to stay informed of what's happening, but I've really had to limit how much I'm reading about it um, every day because it can... It can really be depressing. Right, um, right. And so that's where I've tried to, you know, there has been a lot of positive things that I've read too and trying to focus on some of those things. Um, and then just find those like times of respite where we get away. Like today we played a new game with the kids. Yes. Um, no Thank You Evil. Yep, No Thank You Evil. Kids RPG uh, by Monty Cook and Shana Germain. Yeah, it was really fun. Um and uh, it was interesting to watch them playing an RPG for the first time. <laughs> I know, right? They didn't really understand how it worked. Um, they were very confused about why 
you were not really playing the game with right. us. You were, but in a different right. way than what we were playing. And that was really hard for them to understand. At Laura first. felt really bad. She was like, Dad, you don't get to play. That's so sad. I'm like, no, I'm doing the part that I like doing. <laughs> this is fun for me. It's running this game and telling you a story. Yeah, so it was it was fun to watch them too to like see us the story unfold before them, and then um, you know it's not just as simple as you roll the dice and this happens, and you pick the card and this happens. There, of course, is some of that, but there's some decisions that you have to make of like what different things you might want to do. Um, so it was interesting to see them start to put more of that together as as the game went on. Right, right. And one of the things I changed, I actually didn't tell you this ahead of time, but um, in that game, when you make a roll, you can spend one of your tokens uh, to give yourself basically a plus one to try harder, it's called. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, So if I rolled a two, I could play a token, try harder, and now I have a three. But instead, what I did was we played it as if you could spend as many of your tokens as you wanted to hit the number, and I in the dice were a six you were rolling, so um, you never would have to spend more than five of them, but you ha- always had the choice to succeed if you wanted to, uh, or not always, but many times. You had the choice to succeed, but it, it made the kids make some tough decisions about, but I don't want to lose all of my tokens for this, or I don't want to, um, and it was interesting to see how they did that, or you guys got to this witch and you had to pay her. And Josiah was like, I'll just give her all my money. And it was like, no, no. Everybody's like, no, no, you don't have to do that. We'll share. But he was willing to help the team in that way. Mm-hmm. And and we didn't try to get him to. He just said, well, let me do that. You know, um, that said, he was the first one to spend his money when when he did have money at the end to buy stuff for next time. But um, he bought an air guitar. So that's that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will come in handy on our next crusade. <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, no, it, the kids genuinely had fun with it. Once they started to understand it, then they just kept wanting to fight bad guys. Um, like Josiah really wanted to camp because he was really hoping. And no, it was Laurel. was like, if we camp, the bad guys will get us. And she really wanted to camp so that she could beat up bad guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is... Oh, and so the characters, Josiah is a ninja spy. You're a wizard. Laurel is a mustard bottle. Um, yeah, a humanoid mustard bottle. Uh because that's what she chose to play uh, out of nowhere. She said, I want to be a mustard bottle. And then she drew a picture of a mustard bottle with arms and legs. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you no. I mean, sure, why not? Live your dream. If your dream is to be a mustard bottle, be a mustard bottle. So, yeah. Yeah, trying to understand the inner workings of her mind sometimes. Real is, difficult. Is really just best left to the unknown sometimes. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Yes, it's it's a it's an interesting place inside that little head of hers. Um, so uh, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, two more things. One, uh, I want to plug something because I'm going to forget if we wait. Uh, Julio, one of our beloved co-hosts here, has a game out on Kickstarter right now called Holy H O L I. It's an amazing game. I played it before. It was originally like the World Tree, I think, or something. But it was these three. I, that might be a different one. Julio, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it's this three tiered game. It's amazing. Go check it out. Um, it you know it, it's it's funded, uh, but it's only got a few days left as of you hearing this. So go check it out. It's worth it. You should back it. It's so much fun. Um, but that you know. Think, think of industries adapting. The game industry is a lot about working together, playing together, right? And uh, 
Like we're looking at conventions likely being canceled. And a lot of these conventions have international hosts and attendees. Um, and then I, I think we've seen some confidence in Kickstarter go down a bit because that's you're buying a game for 12 months from now, right? And what the heck does 12 months from now look like, right? And that is something that's scary to people and that removes confidence. Kicks, Kickstarter's a little like the stock market when it comes to people speculating, right? On what they want to back. Um, so that's just something that kind of popped into my head as another thing. Uh, going on. Uh, but what I what I want to give some time for us to talk about today really is uh, I want, you know, you've been working so much with with how do we help people, right? Um, you know, how what do we do in any of our positions to help other people right now? Uh, obviously, you specialize in food security. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about what what can we be doing? What What should we be doing? Yeah, well, um, so the um, with schools being closed, that obviously puts a lot of um, kids at risk of missing meals. The good thing is the um, government and the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which um, oversees the school meal programs, have put provisions in place for many schools to continue um, feeding kids. Mm-hmm. Um they have, as you might imagine, a lot of rules and regulations that are normally in place for how those feeding programs work, and they've put waivers in place to basically break those rules so they can still help kids get get those school meals. Right. So you're seeing um, schools that are now allowed to have parents come up and you do like a grab and go. They've got the food available. You drive up, you get a sack, and you drive away. Um, I've seen some some school districts where the buses are actually going on the normal bus route, and they're handing out the sack lunches and, and That's food. That's awesome. Right. So as we talk about if we can do it now, why can't we do it other times in a right. lot of settings? Um, I think this could raise a lot of questions for, you know, for example, the summer meal programs in particular can be somewhat challenging because they have what they call congregate meal site requirements, meaning that the kids have to come to a singular site in order to eat the food. Um, they're not often, a- they're not able to do that, like what I just described with the bus going around to, to homes and delivering the food. Um when there's silly rules around what the kids can take with them from those sites, basically they have to sit down and eat all their food and they can take one item with them Yeah. when they leave. And that's, it's dumb because they, they I mean, we know from our daughter, right? World's slowest eater. Like that if that was her, she would eat like a third of her lunch and we'd throw the rest away. Right. Um, and these are kids who can't just go home and eat a snack. Right. These are kids that don't have food at home. That's why they need this food here. And those yeah. arbitrary rules that really... I think are put in place to stop people from like, you know, breaking rules and doing bad things, taking advantage of the system. But really what they're doing is getting in the way of like, honest people just trying to feed kids. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of changes come about because of the creative ways that the system is coming around to feed kids and families during this time. Um, food banks are obviously working overtime to continue to distribute food. Many food pantries have closed, but food banks are still open. The difference there being the food bank is the sort of central warehouse, if you will, that actually gives the food out to the pantries where people often pick it up. Um, 
And so many of them are going to delivery systems, uh, drive-through pickup locations as well for people to do that. But they are they are extremely constrained, and they're looking for any resources they can to help feed families. With so many um, businesses being forced into closure, those are the families that are often you know living paycheck to paycheck and are on the brink of uh, one catastrophic event putting them into, you know, a serious situation where they're not able to provide basic needs for their families. Obviously, the most critical of those is food. And so the the food banks are really stepping up to fill those roles. Um, and so if people are able to give to their food bank, I would strongly encourage to do that. Even a small amount really helps. For Feeding America, $1 equals 10 meals. Which is just insane that they're yeah. able to stretch that money so far. Exactly. I mean, people often, you know, you see, you see these food drives that happen, food collection sites, and that is great and it's wonderful. And you feel a sense of something when you're actually buying a product off a shelf, a, a box of cereal, a, a jar of peanut butter, or whatever it might be, and physically donating that. But um, feeding... F- Food banks have access to large quantities of food at a much more discounted rate than what you're able to buy at the supermarket. So $1 equals 10 meals for Feeding America. So um, that would be one suggestion that I have. If you are well enough and feel safe enough to venture out, food banks are in dire need of volunteers. Um, They have very minimal staff. Um, and they can't um, they can't do everything by themselves. They require volunteers, and many food banks rely on volunteers who are older citizens, who are retired, right? Who have who the are time. the most because they have the time. But right now, they are the ones that are most in danger of being severely impacted mm-hmm. by this virus, and so they're not getting out and volunteering. So and they shouldn't be, and they shouldn't be. But yeah. right, but um, so if. If you are not sick and you are able, that is another way that you can um, get out and help. But the other thing is just to be an advocate um, and spread the word about um, how we can be helping our neighbors, whether it is, you know, food security or other causes, um, you know, organizations like United Way. Um, and I'll just be honest, I'm the local board chair for United Way, so I am somewhat biased. But it is an amazing organization that really does unite communities during times like this. Right. Um, And so in addition to making sure that people have access to uh, basic needs, um, they're helping to ensure um, financial stability for these families as well during this time. Um, and so you're right. seeing provisions being put into place to help those families. Um, you're seeing organizations coming around and providing support for small businesses um, and all that. So it's really great to see. So um, definitely um, United Way is another organization. Again, I'm biased, but would, would definitely right. consider supporting. But there's a lot of good causes, of course. Um, but if you know anyone that's struggling, most United Ways have a number called 211 that you can call. It's not in every state and every community, but it is pretty extensive across the nation. Um, so if you know someone that's struggling, um, you know, try calling 211 and your local United Way can help connect you to the resources that you need. 
And for the United Way, you know, for those of you who don't know the organization, I will completely admit that I was once a United Way skeptic, uh, as my wife knows, because I didn't know much about them, right? They just seemed like this huge organization that took money and did something with it, and I didn't quite know what it was. Um, and then as you got more and more involved and I actually met people and heard the stories of the things they do and what they're doing to help people, it's amazing. It has completely changed my understanding of what they do, which is, I didn't have an understanding, right? Again, it just seemed like I was like local food stuff and local places are the best. And, um, you realize that there's a reason it's called the United Way because they're trying to help everyone come together and succeed to to help people, right? Yeah, yeah. People people often ask, you know, why why United Way? Why wouldn't I just give automatic, you know, right directly to the charity that I care about? And there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. Um, we still do, we still do we that. still do that. But United Way really does play a unique role in it's in their name uniting communities. So I'll right. give an example here in our local community. Through the United Way, they created a hunger-free coalition um, in the county um, next to where we live, um, and they brought together, um, you know, a variety of organizations that were working to feed people in the community. And it was amazing how some of those individual organizations weren't even speaking to one another or coordinating. Right, and so there was duplicate services happening there were gaps in services um, and because united way brought those organizations together they were able to um, help address some of the duplication and fill the gaps and then they also help with funding for places like and that, then they right? fund yeah. it that's right so because you may not have heard of that little organization but if you're donating the united way they've heard of it and if they're working with them, right. then they're helping yeah. them. And they have broader long-term goals to improve the outcome of our community. Right. And it requires the unification of multiple organizations to do that. And mm-hmm. that's what United Way really does. Right. Um, so I know sometimes people are, are, I think, are confused about what they do. Right, right. Um, but that is really the intent behind that organization. Again, I totally understand the right, bias with right. which I speak for that, but I'm also not doing my job as a board chair if I'm not advocating <laughs> for the organization. So there you go. Well, and that's why I threw in my two cents about having not known much about them before, but thanks to you, I do. Um, so that's that's some really good stuff. I, one of the things you touched on is that I think is important to remember is what can we do just as people outside of that? Little things, right? Um, you know, one of the things you said was if you're in the position to volunteer or if you're in the position to give anything, but you mentioned the families that are at risk or the people that are most at risk are people in these these jobs that are living maybe paycheck to paycheck or close to it, right? I mean, I think lots of people in America, many, many, many people in America are living one or two paychecks ahead, right? And you take away two of those paychecks and they are, they are screwed. I mean, they are in such a bad position, right? Um, in, in thinking about those people that you know, uh, one thing that, that we did, and I'm going to say this and, and hopefully you're okay with it, um, but we have someone who takes care of our kids uh, once a week, right? Um, and because of everything, we said, you know, we're, we're not going to use you for the next month. Um, but, but we paid that person because we were in, we had budgeted for it. We were in the position to do that. Um, they work on basically, you know, they work in the gig economy, right? Where if they don't show up to work, they don't get paid. And I'm not telling you guys this to say, look at us, we're cool. I'm saying you could do that too, right? You know, um, you know, make sure maybe your babysitter is a teenager who that's not as big of a deal for, but like ours is a professional and this is what she does. And this is how she makes her money. 
Um, and if she loses those jobs because people are, can't have her over or are afraid to have her there, um, that's devastating to her, right? Um, so it's a little thing we can do that it really didn't have an effect on us again because we would have had her anyways, right? So we just we did it because it was the right thing to do. And I think that one of the things that I'm re- reminding myself from this is the impact that we can have as people, right? Um, just individually. Uh, for myself, uh, one of the things you and I talked about and, and I decided to do was I started offering, and this is good for anybody who's listening to the show too. You know, I, I do professional coaching uh, for my day job. Um, but I've got a lot of slots open right now. So with those open slots, I've said, Hey, if you are somebody that's not working with me and you just need to talk to someone, you need to make a plan because you're just not sure what the new normal is for you. And you're, you're nervous about that. And you're not sure what to do. Send me an email, send me an email. Let's set up a time. Let's do some video chatting and let's just, let's just help you. No cost, right? Just because it's something that I have a skill in and I can help you with. And I want to help people through this because it's anxiety inducing. So on that note, um, shoot me an email, jason at yourturncoach.com. I'll gladly help you with that. I've had some people take me up on my offer, uh, but I do have some more availability. So you know, if you're a, a builder out there or you have a friend, um, just shoot me an email. Like let's let's chat. Um, that said, uh, you know, my wife mentioned virtual coffee, right? If you're a friend out there, who just needs to chat with somebody. You just need to see a face because you live alone and and you're quarantined, right? Uh, you know, this isolation physically. Um, hit me up. Like, let's chat. Like, or hit some of your friends up. Just have a video chat, right? Uh, see a face and um, just be glad about that, you know? Um, I know that I video chat with my co-designers. Uh, I just... Uh, recently did a video chat um, with some different people and it, it's just so refreshing to see a face and to talk to them. You know, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to meet with Isaac and Banana Chan this weekend and uh, uh, we were like, can we just do a video chat? Because I just want to see you guys. And I never see them personally except for at conventions, but I'm like, I want to see your face when we talk, right? Um, I think that's important. So, so it was a little bit of a tangent, sorry. but No, I think it's good though because I think, you know, as I said, some of us have resources to give some of we all have talents that we can give yes and i think that's what's something we can all think about what we can do you know so it is whether it's reaching out and um you know um just talking to someone um that you know might need to talk to you um you know sending someone a gift you know we can we can all still send our amazon packages so you know is there something that you can send to somebody else um do you have a talent you know everyone's streaming like we talked about earlier whether they're an artist or they're a musician um you know what talent do you have that you could share with with the world um there's we all have gifts and talents that even though we might be in our homes, we can still share with the world. And I think that's what's the most important thing out of all of this is we all have something that we can share even in despite of all of this, your time, yes. your talents, your resources, whatever it might be. Yes. Yes. One of the, one of the most amazing things that happened was, uh, this part wasn't amazing, but we had to cancel Josiah's birthday party. Um, and this is first world problem, right? I mean, like all this devastation and terrible things happening. And we had to cancel our eight-year-old now's birthday party. But that was that was hard, right? He'd been looking forward to it for a long time. It was at one of those trampoline parks, which there was no way we were sending him to one of these trampoline parks, right? I mean, it's like germ city there, you know? It might as well just be one big ball pit. Um, 
but we had to cancel it. And so I reached out to a bunch of gamer friends that he's met before that he knows of, uh, his school friends, his teachers, uh, Steph reached out too much for work friends. And we ended up with 37 people sending videos. And I, some of you listen to the show and thank you for that. Thank you so much. Um, it made his day. He's watched it probably five times since his birthday. Him and his sister are just asking, can we watch the video, the happy birthday video? And it was everything from people singing to him. Uh, Flip Flory, uh, you did an amazing puppeteering thing, right? Uh, Chris Misho, you sang. Other friends just said, hey, right? Um, and, uh, and Corinne Roberts, I asked her to do it. Instead, she drew him a cool picture that we ended up using in the video that said, happy birthday, Josiah, with one of her patented awesome dragons on it. And... You know, it uh, it made his day and it took each one of those people, most of them less than five minutes. I did most of like the hard. I mean, I took me, what, 30 minutes to put the video together. It was that simple. Um, and it meant the world to that kid. Um, and it was easy. So, yeah, I mean, you can make a difference for people out there. Make people feel better. Right. I mean, you can totally do that. So. Yeah. You have anything else? I feel like if anything, that's a decent spot to end on. <laughs> Is there anything yeah, else you no, want to say? I think so. And, you know, I think um, play. let's play games together. Yes. Um, you know, obviously that's something we've been doing as our as a family. Uh, you know, we've played games several times this week, and now we've got No Thank You Evil to look forward to. And, um, you know, there's a way that you can even do tabletop stuff um, somewhat virtually. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got your new Animal Crossing and these other games where you're connecting with friends. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, gamers unite during this time <laughs> yes. and um, and and do what we do best. Um, um, and just, you know, we can get through it all together. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, thanks for being on the show and uh, and chatting about all this. It's super interesting. And I think it's a great time for people to hear this. Um the uh do you want to give anybody your contact information like your twitter uh for people to find you uh sure i am at at sa slingerland awesome uh so as you know i'm at ja slingerland the podcast is at podcast btg uh you can also reach out to us at building the game podcast at gmail.com or just find us at building the game podcast.com you can call us at 770 tell btg you can find us on facebook itunes stitcher google play a bunch of other places i've never heard of just Recently, somebody was like, I was listening to United in this swing. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. But great. Give us a five-star review there if that's a thing. Or however many stars you can give us. Uh, give us that many stars because that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, uh, until next week, good night. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.